episode 243 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are back with another edition of the ADP Market Report, going to be checking in on this past week's biggest risers and fallers in terms of underdog ADP this week. We have seven players who have moved a full round or more higher in terms of ADP. Joey, let's touch on some of these risers. And the most prolific riser this week was rookie running back Zamir White, who is up 31 spots, now going as the running back 54 on underdog with a current ADP of 174.6. I think that this is fallout from the amount of snaps that Josh Jacobs took in the Hall of Fame game, if I were to guess. Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor, is Josh Jacobs playing in one of the most meaningless games in the preseason and all of these starters rested like Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, etc. So definitely weird that Josh Jacobs was out there and Zamir White also played in that game and he looked relatively sharp. The rhetoric has obviously been that this is going to be a RBBC and I fully expect it to be especially with Josh McDaniels as the head coach. I think we can look at the past Patriots teams and see that is how they want to utilize their running back group is they want to play everybody. So Josh Jacobs, who is coming off of, you know, a career year in terms of receptions, I expect that to go down. They have Amir Abdullah there now. They have Kenyon Drake there still. Zamir White is a factor. And then I expect him to lose some base work in this new regime. And I don't think anybody's starting job is safe besides, you know, the superstars. And Josh Jacobs isn't a superstar by any stretch. This coaching staff has no ties to Josh Jacobs. Like I said, I fully expect this to be a running back by committee. And Josh Jacobs, I mean, has consistently been one of the worst picks you can make in best ball this year. Couldn't agree more. And on on one hand, I don't want to be buying Zamir White, you know, almost three rounds higher than he was going a week ago. I think that the buying window may be closing in terms of the value you can get. But on the other hand, you know, he's still going 100 picks later than Josh Jacobs, who right now is the running back 24 on underdog with an ADP of 71. So between the two, I mean, I think the value clearly uh, lies in, in Zamir White in this spot. Absolutely. Another rookie running back, and we've talked about him, I think, on every show for the past five shows, is Isaiah Pacheco, who has risen 30 picks himself, now going as the running back 57 with an ADP of 181.8. Hopefully you guys listened to the ADP market report last week because we basically said it there that there's very little time left to get Pacheco past 200, and and those days are now gone. Yeah, he has a current ADP of 181.8. He's up 30 spots. I expect that to continue to rise as August goes on, as cuts are starting to be made. He's been running with the first team behind CEH. So I think at worst, he's the RB3 on this team currently. And I think he has upside to see some opportunity week one if he continues to have a productive camp. And obviously, I think CEH is the RB1 and has the highest probability of leading the Chiefs in running back touches this year. This is a make or break year for CEH, right? Absolutely. If CEH continues to underwhelm I could see them cutting their losses and making Pacheco the guy in that case I mean he's still one of the best picks right now just because his value is 
going to con- continue to rise and I think it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco in like the the 13th or 12th round pretty soon here. This is different to me than the Zemir uh, Zemir White situation because, you know, I just said that I don't want to necessarily be buying Zemir White 30 picks higher than he was going last week. But I think it's different with Pacheco because you're also getting ownership leverage as he was not getting drafted in a large portion of the drafts that are in these tournaments that have been running for months. Like, I think that Pacheco was very often going undrafted in the first two months of BBM three and Mm -hmm. same goes uh, for the $20 million tournament on drafters as well. So I don't know. I'm still in on Pacheco, especially when he's going as the fourth running back on his own team. He's actually flipped on underdog where McKinnon is the fourth chiefs running back, but Pacheco has no business going behind Ronald Jones right now. That's just the market not catching up quick enough to the news, I think. So I'm going to be buying Pacheco still at this point but we'll see how crazy his ADP is uh this time next week yeah and you you mentioned Ronald Jones who's one of the biggest fallers yeah and yeah I mean you you just gotta you just gotta take your L on that writings on the wall I accept my L he's absolutely gonna get cut the only thing the only hope I have is that he signs to a team that is just absolutely desperate for some running back production maybe he goes to uh the Falcons and, and leads them in carries I don't <laughs> I don't know it's it's probably chalked for me in my 15 percent exposure to Rojo <laughs> just unfortunate that he's getting outplayed by a, a seventh round rookie not likely that he's going to be going for those 20 touchdowns I was hoping for just yeah. not likely at all probably not Romeo Dubes, another rookie riser that we talked about last week, and his rise has been exponential as well, all the way up to pick 150, going as the wide receiver 69. Nice. ADP change is 26.4 spots, and I will be fully hands-off on Dubes at that price tag. I don't think there's anything that really separates him from any of the other Packers wide receivers except for some positive buzz, which is a tradition uh, for for rookie wide receivers in the Green Bay area. Yeah, I think you got you got to fade Dubs now. His current ADP is 150.2 on underdog currently. I think he is a clear-cut fade at that point, especially when there's probably a good amount of teams that have him in the 18th round. Now he's being drafted in the 15th round so you're going to be competing with those teams that have dubs at a better value right so from that process perspective he's probably a bad pick and then like you mentioned we get this camp hype from one specific receiver in Packers camp every single year come the season it just does not mean anything especially when he's going to be going up against NFL level competition whereas in camp he's probably playing against dudes who are going to be working at Walmart next week (laughs) Yeah, I, I think we gotta. I think we gotta pump the brakes a little bit on Romeo Dubs. I mean, can we just shout out some of the uh, Packers camp hype players of the Hall of Fame? Jake Kumaro, Jeff Janis, Equinemius St. Brown, Geronimo Allison. You know, it's just. I think Dubs might be uh, the next in a long line of pure legends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus, what what a list. Our next two biggest risers both come from Denver. I think that this is expected to see a lot of the 
ancillary skill players get propped up post Tim Patrick injury. You know, we take Tim Patrick, a wide receiver that a lot of people were excited about out of the offense for the season. And that just opens the gates for more opportunity for players like KJ Hamler, who is up 17 spots now going as the wide receiver 70 and Albert O, who is now going as the tight end 13 up a full round himself. Both of these make sense to me. I'm actually okay with still being in on both players. I think there's enough upside in this offense for both of them to maintain paying off. And the ADP difference isn't large enough that I think you're giving up too much value opposed to teams that have gotten them at better prices. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think KJ Hamler has a very low floor but I think his ceiling is very high just from the type of player he is. Deep threat, good speed, third option in terms of wide receivers for the Broncos. If Judy or Sutton were to ever go down, I think he immediately steps into being a top two wide receiver on the Broncos with an 80% plus snap share. So I think he's a very good best ball selection. And then Albert O as the tight end 13 going at an ADP of 137. I think that's pretty fair for a player of his prospect profile, uh, his potential opportunity. And I think also his rise is kind of in part to the uh, momentum of Greg Dolchich slowing down over the last week mm-hmm. or so I think is a slight factor in his rise too yeah and, and not only that but like for the past few months it was all Dolchich hype and we haven't really heard anything about Albert O but there were some positive reports about him this week and I think people were kind of like oh wait yeah Albert O is probably going to be the guy here and we've been yeah. talking about this and it just makes sense so this is actually a correction because Albert O has been you know consistently falling we haven't talked about him on this show because it hasn't been like a hardcore fall where he falls multiple spots in a given week but he has been steadily declining in his ADP as a response to the Dolce hype. So this is more so just a market correction. Going around pick 137 is where he was going you know, a month or two ago. So this is just yeah. market correction and I'm, I'm totally fine with drafting both of these players. Another top riser is Eno Benjamin, who we talked about on our last episode. He is up to running back 62 at pick 200. I think there's still good value here. As we discussed on our last podcast, all of the indications out of Arizona are that Eno Benjamin has separated himself as the clear cut second running back behind James Conner on the roster. And he is still right now going behind Derek. Williams. So as long as that remains the case, I think, you know, is a fine late round running back dart throw. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that his ADP should continue to rise as the preseason goes on. Uh, We have a month or so until week one starts, and I think he'll fully entrench himself as the Cardinals RB2. His current ADP is 200.8. As it stands right now, you will still be able to get some value on Eno Benjamin, and he's one of the best, you know, 17th, 18th round running back selections you could probably make at this point in time. Absolutely. The last player who has moved at least a full round in the last seven days is DJ Chark, up 12 spots to wide receiver 64, going around pick 140. Haven't really heard too many, like, wild reports about, about DJ Chark, but he is healthy. He's a guy with, I think, untapped upside, whether or not Jared Goff is the one to unlock him remains to be seen. But, you know, I like Chark's opportunity in this Lions offense. I think a lot of these players are starting to get talked up a little bit more with hard knocks underway on HBO. Uh, This naturally happens every time this time of year for for the hard knocks featured team. I didn't actually catch episode one yet, but maybe DJ Chark had a a nice moment and people are are starting to buy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't watch 
hard knocks. So couldn't tell you about that. But yeah, I think people are just starting to kind of come around to the Lions offense, at least being somewhat competent this year. They have a lot of good skilled position players. Uh, Jared Goff in the past has supported fantasy assets before. So it's definitely not impossible with him as the quarterback. And I mean, DJ, DJ Chark has kind of not been that productive in his career. He has what one good season under his belt, but just the type of player he is in the ceiling that he possesses I think he's a pretty good selection at his you know current ADP of about 140. Absolutely I've been trying to get some exposure to DJ Chark as of late. Let's flip the conversation talk about some of the biggest fallers over the past seven days and a lot of these are just corollary to the guys that we've already been talking about. For example Daryl Williams is down 10.8 spots like I said still going ahead of Eno so like the value on Eno there, I would be fading Daryl almost entirely until he falls. And, you know, Ronald Jones down 20 spots, Jarek McKinnon down 10 spots. These are direct reactions to the stories we just covered. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco goes up. Ronald Jones goes down. He's not even going to make the team. Don't draft Ronald Jones. Darrell Williams goes down. Eno Benjamin rises. Then we got the other guys like uh, Russell Gage, who we talked about on one of our last podcasts, kind of staying away from him. Deshaun Watson, who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. In his situation, he is starting tonight, though. He is starting tonight. Also, did you see the report yesterday? I mean, this was somebody from his camp said that they are willing to accept a $5 million fine and eight games to avoid a full year suspension. But it's kind of like you don't really have a choice on what you're going to accept. Like you don't have any power in this situation anymore. (laughs) Yeah. His only power obviously is appealing the suspension after the attorney general figures out how many games he is going to suspend Watson for. And yeah, he, he pretty much lost his, all his power. And there was also another article that pretty much said like he probably could have played had he just settled when this uh, first arose in mm-hmm. March of 2021 and we're still talking about it and it costed him millions of dollars and potentially another whole season when if he just settled he he could have been straight by now it's crazy yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see him take the field in Jacksonville tonight other than that the main fallers Gus Edwards a guy we haven't mentioned he's down 22 spots reports on him are that he is unlikely to be ready for week one so this checks out yeah I think that Gus has fallen a little too much he's down almost two rounds now going almost in the 200s and I think that he will eventually be good to go for the Ravens It might not be within the first couple of weeks, but when he's healthy and ready to go, he's still going to see opportunity and will have some standalone value. And if J.K. Dobbins or another running back were to go down in the committee, I think Gus Edwards' opportunity share would increase a little bit. So I don't mind taking shots on Gus Edwards right now as your RB6 or even your RB7 if you go zero RB. I I think he's a pretty fine selection now at his current ADP now that he's the running back 60 on underdog. I I think that's too low for Gus Edwards. Agree with that. Last guy I want to touch on is Christian Watson, whose fall has been, you know, A, in part to the rise of Romeo Dubes uh, throughout 
camp, but also that he has not been able to practice for some time. He's expected back at practice if he hasn't uh, already returned, which he might have. I'm not too sure, but he should be back any day now, one way or the other. And he's fallen 11.7 spots. He's going around 140 now as a guy who, you know, a month ago was going in the 110s. I might be willing to buy on Watson just because out of the group of Packers receivers, he's the one with the most untapped upside, the physical gifts that could get unlocked by Aaron Rodgers. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be able to catch up and make that transition from college to the pros in a way that is satisfactory for Aaron Rodgers. That is really the thing that remains to be seen. Yeah, obviously rookie wide receivers in general have struggled with the Packers it's kind of worrisome that he hasn't like played or practiced at all correct he practiced a little bit but but still in official training camp I think it was like during the rookie rookie stuff he's still missing the most important part of the season for rookies in my opinion and I think that will definitely hinder his impact and his opportunity out the gate, especially obviously as the season goes on and he gets more custom and he comes back and he works his way on to the field, which I fully expect he will do. I think he definitely has some late season upside. But early season, I think Christian Watson is going to be a non-factor. I, I I totally agree with that. And and for that reason, I think he's a better pick on underdog and on DraftKings where maybe you can get by uh, without having to, to depend on him at all. And then he comes in sort of clutch at the end in the playoff weeks where all the money is. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. All right, guys, that is going to be it for episode 243 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Dose Media net as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey is at Joey Carrion DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on with the podcast, you can join our inner circle. The link to our free Discord channel is in the show notes to this podcast. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic. Bye.